1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. And my name is Ray Lance, and good morning to Pete Lance. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. So let me begin this morning, ladies and gentlemen, by asking you a question. Do you have an IRA? Do you have a 401k or maybe a 403b or a 457 plan or maybe a smart plan if you work for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts or maybe a thrift savings plan if you work for the federal government? Well, if you have these kinds of plans, you probably have lots of questions. And what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about if you pay attention to the rules governing qualified retirement accounts, which is what all these things are, we're going to teach you and show you how you can make more money and how you can retire much better. There are so many decision points and decision rules about IRAs. It's a complicated subject, but we think it's worth talking about periodically because it impacts everybody and it should impact you. So today we're going to be talking about how much can you contribute to an IRA-type plan, where should you invest it, What about withdrawals? When can you take the money out? What's the difference between a rollover and a transfer? Can you do something called an in-service distribution, which means you can actually take money out of a retirement account before you retire, and you can put it into an IRA account if you want to make better investments? You Um, can take out funds for certain reasons out of your IRA. Yep. Um, Still taxable, but you won't have the 10% penalty. Right. There's something called a 72T distribution, for example, and you can do that in substantially equal payments over a five-year period, and then you don't have to pay a 10% penalty. There are lots of interesting rules, and, you know, one of the most interesting rules, I think, deals with the subject of stretch IRAs and inherited IRAs, and we deal with that virtually every single week in the office, and we're able to show people... Um, how you can make more money for children, for example. So do you want your children, when you're gone, to take your IRA account, your retirement account, do you want them to take it out over five years, or do you want them to have it last for their lifetime? That's called an inherited IRA or a stretch IRA. So we're going to be talking about that today. One of the other good things about the um, 401Ks, IRAs, everything that you're just talking about is that they have – uh, well, uh, the IRAs and um, other um, qualified plans have a defined beneficiary, and that's really important as well because you don't want to have assets go to someone that um, you don't want them to go to, and um, it avoids probate as well. Right. Um, in fact, um, I actually had put that in my uh, outline for today, and I didn't mention it just now, but we're going to be talking about beneficiaries. Who can be your beneficiary? Who should be your beneficiary? So I have with me this morning a wonderful book. It's about three inches thick, and it's called Instant IRA Success. And it came from a conference that I went to in um, July 14th and 15th, two full days last year uh, in Boston at the Weston Copley Place. And for two whole days, the subject was nothing but IRA accounts. So I find it to be a fascinating area. Don't you find it to be fascinating, Peter? In many ways, yes. There's so many different um, things that you know relate to each separate 
uh, IRA. Uh, you know, for example, once you reach age 70 and a half, you're supposed to make a required minimum distribution out of your traditional IRA, but you do not have to do that with a Roth IRA. Uh, you can no longer contribute to a traditional IRA once you reach that age, but you can uh, only with earned income contribute to the Roth IRA. Um, so there's a lot of different things that you need to be aware of. Well, I want to mention that um, the Wall Street Journal once said that this is the season of the year when we discover that we owe most of our success to Uncle Sam because we have to pay taxes, for one thing. And I want to talk about a few things that are a little topical. Right now, we're coming upon some very important anniversaries in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about it a little bit more uh, between now and roughly November 11th. November 11th, of course, is Veterans Day this year. And what else happens on November 11th this year, 2018? Do you know, Pete? Marine Corps birthday party. Well, Marine Corps birthday party is the day before is the Marine Corps birthday. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's the 100th anniversary of the um, uh, armistice. Right. And the armistice was the day when World War II ended, excuse me, World War I ended. So the armistice was signed on the 11th day of, of the, the 11th, 11th month uh, the at 11th. the 11th hour, November 11, 1918, was when the armistice was signed that ended World War I. That was the war that was going to end all wars, which did not happen. It was a very costly, bloody war, but this November 11, 2018, we're celebrating the 100th anniversary of the signing of the armistice. It's a very significant anniversary. And I know about the armistice, but I didn't realize it was the 100th anniversary until you told me that about a week ago. I'm mm-hmm. sure not many people do know. No, nope, that's why I wanted to mention it on the air. So we do a lot to celebrate Veterans Day. Uh, in the next week or so, we're going to be talking a little bit about Veterans Day and we're going to have a show that will be broadcast on November 11th, Veterans Day. There will be uh, parades in Fairhaven in New Bedford that day. There's also uh, celebrations taking place at the uh, New Bedford Military Museum down in, at the end of um, Rodney French Boulevard. And uh, we'll talk more about the programs that they have coming up. Just but, while you're on the subject of you know the military, um, the Marine Corps Reserves, it's an exclusive uh, program that the Marine Corps Reserves have done for, God, probably close to 100 years themselves, I'm guessing, maybe 75 years, I'm not sure. Uh, it's the Toys for Tots, and uh, for probably the 10th straight year, I would imagine, we are an official drop-off center for the Toys for Tots. We mm-hmm. have a large box there, uh, so it's going on now uh, until December 22nd. And uh, it would be really great if you could stop by and bring anything. Uh, it just has to be new uh, and unwrapped. It can be clothing. It can be a toy. Uh, you know, you can think about the older children as well. Uh, it can even be a gift card. Mm-hmm. So we are an official collection point, as Peter said, at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Uh, last year we were able to fill the box twice with toys, and they come and pick it up once we tell them it's full. Uh, they come usually the same day or the following day. They're volunteers that do this from the Marine Corps League, and um, it's a wonderful thing. There's nothing more important than doing something for kids for the holidays and for Christmas because a lot of kids just 
don't have anything. So um, between October 1, which is already passed, and December 22, you can make a contribution. And we encourage you to please stop by our office at 352 Fonts Corner Road with a new unwrapped toy. And I think two years ago we had to have the box emptied um, twice because and, and it's a large box. We had so many donations. Last year we did not receive many donations or as many as we uh, typically did. So hopefully let's get back on track this year. Um, just stop by, say hello, drop off something. You know, it can even be 5 or $10. Mm-hmm. And we actually uh, went to Hasbro, the Hasbro toy office, and um, purchased quite a lot of toys to fill that box last year because it right. wasn't as, as full as previous years. Right. And fortunately, we were able to buy toys at a discount from Hasbro. Um, and um, that was a great thing. Yeah. So it's a wonderful opportunity to do something that's very special for kids. And um, um, there's nothing more important than doing things for children. I'd also like to mention one other quick thing. I'll try to come back to it again. Um, this, uh, let's see, I guess when we have this show recorded, um, or played, it will already have gone by. There's an event that's taking place this past Saturday, yesterday, on October 27th at the, um, not at the Military Museum, but at the function hall that's across from the Military Museum in the South End, a program for veterans. So we hope you do something to think about veterans uh, this year. Let's come back to our wonderful topic of IRAs and I'd like to start out by talking about how much money can you contribute to an IRA account or a 401k account. And here's the first very special rule I want to tell you about. If you have a 401k account at work, let's say, a lot of people think, well, if I have that, I can't also have an IRA. And that's incorrect. You can have both. The contribution limits might be reduced for the IRA depending on on, uh, the amount of the 401k, but... Well, right now for 2018, for example, they've increased the amount of money that can be donated into a 401k account. And we've talked about this numerous times over the past six years, uh, especially if it's a matching 401k account, um, make the maximum contribution that you can every single um, payment period. Well, right now in 2018, you can donate, um, you can contribute, I should say, not donate, although it may feel like a donation, you can contribute up to $18,500 into your 401k account per year. Now, I want to explain what that means in just a minute. But if you're age 50 and older, you can contribute an additional $6,000, and the amount is $24,500. Now, some people who make larger income actually maximize the amount they put into the 401k. Not too many people can do that. But what's the most important thing to remind people about, Pete, if your company has a match program that they offer? Oh, that's what I just said. Make the maximum contribution that you can. Well, in a little variation on that is that if your company puts in 3%, as long as you put in 3%, you want to make absolutely sure that you put in your own 3% so you can get the company match. Otherwise, you're just throwing money away. You're leaving it on the table. If your company says, we will match 6%, up to 6%, you want to make real sure that you put in at least 6%. Now you've got 12% going into your account. And it adds up. 
So if you're under uh, if you're under age 49 and under, you can contribute 18,500. If you're age 50 and older, you can contribute up to 24,500. And that's a slight increase of $500 from last year. So that's the 401k, but that also applies to most 457 plans, which are more common for teachers, uh, for example, and uh, certain government workers. Um, Roth contribution amounts are um, um, a little bit different. Uh, If you're age 49 and under, you can contribute up to $5,500 a year into a Roth account. If you're age 50 and older, you can add an additional $1,000. You can make $6,500. And some people do Roths. Remember that uh, to contribute to a Roth, you must have employment income in the first place. You must be working. You must have income coming in. It can't be just passive income. Passive income would be interest. Yeah. So it has to be from employment income. And then there are different rules, which I'm not going to get into because we'd have everybody in the radio listening falling asleep. But there are limits in terms of how much income you can have and still be able to deduct an IRA contribution. And the bottom line is that if you make a lot of income, um, then the amount that you can deduct will phase out. And if you make a certain amount of money, you also cannot contribute to a Roth IRA. Uh, Correct. So there's a phase out there as well. Now, we have those limits. We're happy to pass it out to anybody who's interested. Give us a call at 508-998-8800 or 508-998-8858, and we'll be happy to give you uh, some very simple reports on how much you can contribute to a 401k or an IRA for 2018. So it is important, and I guess the most important thing to tell everybody is start as soon as you start your first job. Start putting something aside. And the easiest way to do it, the way to make sure that you're going to do this systematically, is have something deducted from your pay if you can, and then you don't have to think about it. It's seamless. And um, Don't keep your 401K at a um, job that you have left either. Well, we'll come back to that in just a minute. Now, um, what happens if you work for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts or you work for the federal government? Well, they have pension plans. So if you work for the Commonwealth of Mass, you typically are going to have a retirement defined benefit pension plan that you can draw from when you retire. Uh, Sometimes you can take it as a lump sum. Same thing for the federal government. But Increasingly, uh, people are putting money into their own uh, smart plans if they work for the state of Massachusetts. And it's a little bit like a 403B. It's like a 401K. So in addition to having money put aside for your pension, you can contribute more and have more deducted. And we do a great deal of work with showing people how to withdraw their smart plan when they retire how to roll it into an IRA. We're going to come back in a minute to tell you why that's important. On the federal government side, they have something called a TSP, a thrift savings plan. That thrift savings plan is similar to a smart plan. It's similar to a 401K where you can have money deducted from your pay every week and have it put aside as an extra benefit. Start out with something small, increase it when you can afford to, 
And when you go to retire, you're going to have a very nice little additional benefit. And another thing that we typically say is uh, contribute a little bit more than you think you can afford. And if you uh, go, you know, a, a month or so and you realize that you really can't afford it, then you can always uh, just ask to contribute a little bit less. Um, but if you get used to it and you can afford it, then you're going to just build that account that much faster. So Albert Einstein once said about filing his tax returns, this is too difficult for a mathematician. It takes a philosopher. Yeah, I like that one. I like this one by uh, Dr. Lawrence Peter. America is a land of taxation that was founded to avoid taxation. You're right. That's one of the first quotations you've given me on the radio, Pete. No, I've given more. Thank you. That's terrific. That's I've given at least a half a dozen, but that's, what, one per year? <laughs> well, I, I think that in view of the fact that November 10th is the Marine Corps birthday, we should have a couple of Marine Corps quotations today. What do you think? Uh, sure. And the reason we do that, and, um, you know, I'm especially pleased about the 100th anniversary of the armistice coming up on uh, November 11th, 2018, because my grandfather served in World War I. Um, he fought... Uh, he was a member of the Marine Corps. Uh, he fought in the trenches in France against the Germans. Uh, he was wounded. He received the Purple Heart. And then, of course, my dad served for 20 years in the Marine Corps, um, both World War II and Korea, and he was also wounded. But here's a quotation about Mount Suribachi. Mount Suribachi was where? Iwo Jima. Yeah, in the Pacific. Right. So that's the famous Marine Corps statue where you see four Marine statue where you see four Marines together raising the flag and it's become the main statue is in Washington DC there's one in Fall River uh we have a miniature one in our office a friend of mine was nice enough he actually visited Iwo Jima and uh collected in two small uh jars um sand black sand right i have one in my office and brought one to you and one to me right Sand from Iwo Jima. Well, um, there was a uh, Secretary of the Navy, James Forrestal. Aircraft carrier was named after him. In, in 1945, when that famous photograph came out uh, showing the Marines raising the flag on Mount Suribachi, uh, that was done by an AP photographer, Joe Rosenthal. Um, James Forrestal, Secretary of the Navy, said, the raising of that flag on Suribachi means a Marine Corps for the next 500 years. And the original picture, the flag was much smaller, um, but it was not staged. It was something that the Marines did. They um, pl uh, posted a flag up on top of the mountain, and uh, the photographer took a couple of pictures of that and said, oh, that's a great shot, and then they asked to get a bigger, larger flag brought up so they could re recreate it, but it was immediately after. I've forgotten that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the iconic image of the Marine Corps, isn't it, Pete? Yep. My favorite quote about the Marines is uh, the one from Robin, uh, Robin Reagan, Ronald Reagan. Um, I, I don't have it verbatim, but uh, it says a lot of people um, wonder if they've made a difference in their lives. The Marines don't have that problem. Well, I probably have it right here, and as we're talking, I'll find it. There are a couple of quotations that I can't use on the radio because um, they're a little graphic. But um, 
How about Jonathan Winters, the famous comic comedian? He hasn't been around for a while. Um, did you know that he was a Marine? I did. He said, I've always been proud of being a Marine. I won't hesitate to defend the Corps. But I have to find this Ronald Reagan quotation because I do have it somewhere here. And we won't spend a long time. We want to talk next about the where you can invest your money in an IRA account. So what are some of the places where you can invest your IRA, Pete? I mean, what kind of um, investment vehicles? Mm-hmm. An annuity? Uh, I mean, you can do there's almost any. Um, but the question is, is what is appropriate and what isn't? There well, are you many can have it in the that, bank, right? A lot of people start out in a regular bank. Yeah, with account. a CD, you can mean you can you can uh, turn almost anything into an IRA. The question is, is what is appropriate and what isn't, and not just what's going to earn more money for you, but also the tax implications. Well, um, let's start out with the simplest and go to the more complicated. You can have your money in an IRA in a savings account. You can have it in a CD. The rates are extremely low right now. We typically help people take money from our uh, savings accounts and CDs and put it into something that's more profitable, such as a deferred indexed annuity, for example. You can have it in mutual funds. You can have it in a brokerage account. You can have it in a municipal bond fund, but I wouldn't recommend it. Right. And um, so there are a variety of places where you can put your money uh, when you're investing. 401ks, you don't have the same kinds of choices because 401ks are a company plan typically and your money is usually being managed by an outside firm and they might make recommendations. Sometimes you can say, I want to be more aggressive, I want to be more conservative. But basically, they're going to give you a whole shopping list, a whole basket of uh, mutual funds to invest in. And so they have management fees on the um, mutual fund. They have um, management fees to manage the overall account. So you can lose some money in the management cost of the funds. But you don't typically have a lot of choices until you go to retire. And in a couple minutes, we're going to talk about rollovers and in-service distributions and things like that. But suffice it to say... If you're with a company in a 401k, a 403b, a 457, you don't have a huge number of choices about where to put your money. There's a company plan. They have a company advisor typically, and they're going to say, just give us whether you're conservative, whether you're aggressive, and we'll put it in this group of funds. Or you can choose you know, directly yourself. Um, there's something called the safe harbor and the plan administrator basically has to have so many different options available to you to invest in, depending on your, um, you know, aversion to risk. And um, that basically uh, lets the plan administrator off the hook in case you lose money because they have to have so many different options for you to choose. So it's really ultimately up for you to take a look at and see which um, funds you want to be in to invest your money. Mm. Why don't you give us the actual Ronald Reagan quotation? Uh, Some people spend an entire lifetime wondering if they made a difference in the world, but the Marines don't have that problem. That was a great quotation, wasn't it? Yeah, one of the best. Well, um, we're going to come back in just a couple minutes. We're almost finished with this first portion of the show, and we want to talk about withdrawals. When must you take money out? When can you take money out? Um, We're going to talk about the difference between 
an IRA rollover versus an IRA transfer, and there are some significant differences. Um, we're going to say a little bit about charitable amounts because you can have your money go directly to a charity if you want to do that without taking the money into income. And stretch IRAs and some other interesting, slightly complicated rules. When we come back, we want to educate you as much as possible on things that you ought to know about your IRA. And as a reminder, you're listening to MoneyWise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group, every Sunday morning. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. And we always appreciate your being with us every Sunday morning. Our topic today is IRAs and 401ks and qualified retirement accounts. One of the very important things that the Internal Revenue Service provides for us is the ability to put money into an IRA-type account, and all the earnings and all the interest, all the income on that grows tax-deferred. What that means very simply is you don't have to pay taxes on the money while it's accumulating. You only pay taxes when you withdraw the money. So let's take a moment and talk a little bit about withdrawals and uh, remind you that MoneyWise is brought to you by USA Wealth Group. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. You can visit us at usawealthgroup.com. We do a lot of public education. We also have a lot of public reports we're happy to provide anyone who gives us a call. And there's no obligation to do that, 508-998-8858. So this morning, um, I'm Ray Lance, and I'm here with Peter Lance. And welcome back, Peter. Uh, uh, welcome back, and um, thank you for um, everyone who's listening this morning. I uh, just want to mention, we mentioned it at the top half of the show, but for anyone who missed it, uh, from now until December 22nd, our office is an official Toys for Tots uh, drop-off location. Um, and last year we really uh, did not receive a lot of donations, so we're looking to try to step that up again and, and uh, make a lot of children very happy this um, holiday season. Toys for Toss has been uh, run by the Marine Corps, and more recently the Marine Corps Reserves, actually. Um, and it has more than a 50-year history, and it's a wonderful thing to make some kid happy. Uh, there are a lot of families including some listening today, who just don't have enough money to be able to p- buy toys for their kids. So anything is welcome, uh, clothing for the older children, um, and anything really, even if it's only 5 or $10 uh, toy or article of clothing, just uh, has to be new and unwrapped. Yeah, thank you for mentioning new. We're not a collection point for uh, used clothing. There are other locations for that. But um, do something for kids Drop off a new unwrapped toy or a new article of clothing uh, that a kid can use, a child can use, a baby can use. And we are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. And uh, Pete, you um, you remember, because we just talked about it um, earlier, that the Marine Corps League is sponsoring, the Greater New Bedford Marine Corps League is sponsoring our annual um, holiday party, Marine Corps holiday party, and that's going to be, I think, on the 8th of November. It's always the Thursday before the actual birthday, which is November 10th. Right. So any Marines listening, if you want information about the party, uh, call our office at 508-998-8858. 
It's at the Poirier Post on um, Apple Street or Appleton Street, up it, uh, next to Volk. And I will mention that's for Marines only. Yep, no. Not for spouses or, or guests or family members. All right. Um, and there's a lot of food that is provided for free. So let's talk about withdrawals. Um, what's the normal age when people think about taking money out of an IRA account? Uh, well, you can take it out at 59 and a half. Uh, you must, if it's a traditional IRA, at 70 and a half. It's actually a little bit more complicated than that. Um, but just think of 70 and a half as when you must take an RMD out. And we have had clients um, probably once a year um, who have failed and forgotten that they had to take out their RMD, and there is a very significant penalty for not doing that. Um, so meet with us if you have any questions. We'll be happy to um, show you and calculate what your RMD is. Um, but we can also do something even better, which is to get a form uh, from the company that the IRA is in and have it set up so it's automatically distributed to you at any date you choose uh, and calculated by the company so that way there's no penalty if you do the wrong calculation. Yep. You can have taxes withheld from it or not withheld from it. It's your choice. So generally, a lot of people think as soon as they turn 59 and a half, they want to start tying it into their IRA account. And maybe that's a good idea. Maybe it's not. If you're still working, you generally don't want to do that. You want to accumulate as long as you can because it's the power of compounding interest and compounding earnings that makes a huge difference. There are some cases where if it's um, prior to age 59 and a half, you can take a distribution. Um, still not recommended, but if you really need to, uh, for educational purposes or for buying um, your first house uh, or for uh, a permanent disability, you can. Uh, it's going to be taxable to you, um, but you're not going to get that 10% penalty. Yeah, there's something called a 72T distribution. Um, when you reach a certain age, I believe it's 50. I have to look at that one again. Uh, you can take out money over a five-year period, and it has to be substantially equal distributions. If you do that, You'll pay income tax on the money, but you won't have to pay a 10% penalty. But otherwise, if you don't follow those particular rules and you take out money before 59 and a half, not only do you pay ordinary income tax on the money, uh, ordinary it gets reported as ordinary income, but you're going to pay a 10% penalty. Um, so uh, generally be very cautious about that particular rule and on the other hand, you must take money out when you reach 70 and a half. Um, and Unless it's in a Roth IRA, um, and then you do not have to take your withdrawal at 70 and a half. But if it's a traditional IRA, yes, you have to start withdrawing your required minimum, minimum distributions at 70 and a half. And again, if you have a Roth IRA, you can actually continue to contribute to that Roth IRA even after 70 and a half as long as you have earned income. So um, let me talk to you about the rule of a 70 and a half and what happens if you don't take, let's assume it's a normal work situation. Uh, you've retired, you've postponed taking distributions as long as possible until age 70 and a half. Um, the rule says you must take money out by uh, April 1st of the year following the year in which you reach 70 and a half. So let's say you turn 70 and a half in the year 2018. You don't have to take money out this year. You can wait until next year. But if you do, 
what happens the following year. Now you're going to take out two years' worth of distributions, one for the year that you didn't make uh, take the distribution, and then for the, the second year as well. We don't normally recommend that, maybe in some situations, but the biggest concern is that uh, you may forget if we you know, say, hey, you can take it out um, April of the, of the year uh, following you, when you turn 70 and a half. Um, so we normally just recommend that you do it when you're 70 and a half. Um, I always recommend it in the year which, in which you reach 70 and a half, and it's, it's much more uh, easy to remember once you do that. If you have money in certain kinds of accounts, you can set it up for automatic distributions. But um, in general, don't forget to take the money out when you're 70 and a half because you will pay a penalty as well. And the penalty for not taking the right amount of distribution out from your IRA account, um, it's a 50% penalty. It's the largest penalty we have in the tax code. So don't forget to take out your minimums. We give a lot of advice, a lot of recommendation. Um, it doesn't cost anything to come in and sit down and talk to us. I'd like to talk for just a minute, Pete, about the difference um, between rollovers and transfers. It's a little confusing, but sometimes we'll see people that want to move money from two or three different IRA accounts, and they want to put it into one account. Well, there's a good way to do that, and there's a bad way to do that. The best way to do it is to have a institution-to-institution transfer, and that's called a transfer. And you can do an unlimited amount of transfers in a year from one account to another account. As long as it goes from, let's say, a bank to an insurance company or a mutual fund company to an insurance company, as long as it goes institution-to-institution, there's no difficulty with that. You can do an unlimited amount. A rollover is a little different. A rollover is when you go into a bank and you say, I want to take my money out of my IRA account. I want to put it into something else, different kind of investment. I don't want taxes withheld from it. That's critically important. So then you take the money out and the bank gives you a check payable to you, yourself as an individual. Now you have a 60-day time period in which you can go put it into another kind of investment, different bank, different institution, an annuity, a mutual fund, but you can only do that once a year. Um, and it must be done within 60 days. And um, there is one difference where you would want to have taxes withheld, and that is if you were over 59 and a half and you wanted to just close out that account and take that money for purchasing a new car or for whatever, okay. then you would want to have the taxes withheld if you weren't going to actually roll it over. Well, the normal rule is if the, if the institution thinks you're just cashing it out, they're typically required to withhold taxes, and it's 20% taxes they're required to withheld. To withhold, If um, you tell them, however, that you're not going to just use the money and put it in your checking account, uh, you're going to roll it over into another IRA, then you can tell them you do not want to have taxes withheld from it. Because once they take the taxes out, you can't typically stuff it back in again. But the important thing is, if you have three different bank accounts at three different uh, institutions, um, you can't have three different rollovers. The first one will be okay. That's a tax-free event to take it out and within 60 days put it into another institution or investment. But if you try to do a second one within any 12-month rolling period, the second one is going to be taxable as ordinary income.
In other words, you're really going to get stuck and pay taxes on it. So just understand there's a significant difference between rollovers and transfers and talk to us and we'll make sure it gets done correctly so you don't get stuck. And not only will you have the uh, ordinary tax, income taxes um, if you don't do it properly, but again, if you're under 59 and a half, then you're going to get a hit with a 10% penalty as well. So if you are looking to do a rollover of an IRA account, um, give us a call, come sit down with us. We can make sure that you do it properly so you don't get penalized. And uh, Susie Orman once said, I love the Roth IRA. Tax-free income in retirement is a truly great deal. We don't find a lot of people that convert traditional IRAs into Roth IRAs because you have to pay the income taxes on the money. It's as if you cashed it out and then you put the money into the Roth. You're going from a pre-tax account to a post-tax account. Well, the best way to do it, if you want to convert from a traditional to a Roth, and I like to tell people that the only reason, uh, or the main reason I see people doing that is if they want to leave money to children where they're not going to have to pay any taxes on it at all. But the parent will get stuck paying the tax burden when you convert from a traditional to a Roth. So let's talk about something called an in-service distribution. Um, Basically, what this says is that if you have a 401k at work or something like that, and we've done that with thrift savings plans, we've done it with smart plans, we've done it with 403Bs and 457s, but let's just call it a 401k. Um, If you have a 401k at work, and generally most companies have regulations in their plan that say once you're 59 and a half, if you want to take the money out of a 401k and put it into an IRA account instead, you can do that. It's a tax-free event. And there are a number of reasons why you want to do that, or you want to think about it at least. Um, first of all, you have more investment choices than you might have in the 401k. Um, and secondly, there's something really important called a stretch IRA. This is one of the most useful things that everybody should know about an IRA account. So here's the question. Do you want your retirement account to last for 50 years or for five years for your children? And the answer is, obviously, you would like to have the money last as long as possible. So a stretch IRA says this. When you die and you've got an IRA account, let's say you've named a child as your beneficiary, they can take the money out as a lump sum. And if they do that, they're going to lose all the tax-deferred nature of that vehicle. They're going to lose money. They're going to have to pay taxes on the whole thing right away. And they're no longer going to be able to save that for their own retirement. Or they can stretch that money out over their own lifetime instead. Over their life, yep, over their lifetime, their their life expectancy. Yep, using their life expectancy. And if they do that, um, they're going to still be required every year to take a small minimum distribution. It's the nature of an inherited IRA account. But they're not going to have to take it out as a lump sum. And the amount that they're going to be taking out is so small that those accounts will continue to grow and grow and grow. And now when your child or your younger beneficiary reaches a normal retirement age themselves, they're going to have a very significant IRA account. And the minimum distributions that they are required to take uh, don't begin when they each re- uh, reach age 70 and a half, of course. It's uh, immediate. So basically what this does is it gives you the ability to keep the money growing tax-deferred for beneficiaries. 
And um, we do this. Um, we've got a case right now with uh, nephews and nieces inheriting money. But um, the IRA plan has to allow, excuse me, the 401k plan has to allow uh, for transfers to non-spouse beneficiaries, and most don't. So the stretch IRA is absolutely the most compelling reason to do an IRA rollover. Like I said, you can do it as an in-service distribution while you're still working, and some companies allow you to do it as, as young as 55, we've seen. Um, we do a lot of those, and we're happy to sit down and explain the rules or analyze it. And you can also go from an investment that maybe is is very volatile, and then you can put it into something that's less volatile, where you don't lose principal. It's principal protected, for example. So number one, the stretch IRA is good. Number two, the in-service distribution can be good, and we're happy to explain the differences and show you how to do it. Now, uh, let's talk for a minute about uh, the complicated nature of the rules that we cover. And um, one of our former chief justices of the United States, John Marshall, once said, the power to tax is the power to destroy. So we have um, a long history of taxation in this country. And um, at the same time, if you pay attention to the tax rules, you can work with the tax rules. <clears throat> Let's talk for a minute about a good place to invest, um, Pete. We do a lot of work with uh, deferred indexed annuities. And the most important feature of that is that it's principal protections. So you don't have market volatility. We've seen really unusual changes in the market lately. A lot lately. And it's just, you know, fairly unpredictable. Um, now, Pete, you just recently finished an uh, investment course, and it's called Series 65. Correct. Was that a tough exam? Yeah, it was really tough. I have uh, at least uh, seven or eight different licenses, real estate broker, life and health, property and casualty, Series 6 and 63 securities, and the 65 was uh, just a bear compared to any of those other licensing exams. So I have to explain that Peter sounds a little mellow today because he took the exam just yesterday. And what happened when you took the exam? I'm not sure what you mean. Well, you passed it. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Um, the the um, online portion of the studying that I did, the, there's a guy, he, he travels the country just tutoring people how to take the Series 65 exam because... I've been in this field for 15 years, um, and I know um, most of the concepts that are on the Series 65 exam, but the problem is is that they word the questions and and really try to slip you up. And this seems, um, every single question, it seems like there could be, you know, two or three correct answers out of the four. And it's the, the guy who does this tutoring uh, said it's the type of exam more than any other exam in the, in the financial services industry where they're trying to get people to just leave the industry and throw their hands up and say, forget this, I'm out, I'm going to go and, you know, work somewhere else in a completely different field because I'm done. <laughs> well, we know somebody down in Florida who took the exam seven times before he passed it. 
So congratulations on passing your Series 65. Thank you. Securities exam. And Peter also has his Series 6 and 63 securities licenses. So we have this thing in our family that we like to learn things all the time, don't we? Yep. And Except for this last one. <laughs> no, I'll take I'll take a break from securities licensing exams for a little bit. But, no, there's other courses and other things I'd like to do and like to take. Well, I'm going to give you a quotation from Lyndon Johnson. He said, in 1790, the nation which had fought a revolution against taxation without representation discovered that some of its citizens weren't much happier about taxation with representation. I saw that quote. That's a good one. It's a good one because um, think about what's happening in Congress these days. And it's like, um, you know, a quotation from Romeo and Juliet, a plague on both of your houses. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter whether it's Democrats or Republicans. They're just not talking to each other. It's not civil. It's a very weird time that we live in. But um, you can't learn enough about IRAs and 401ks. Our job is to try to make it simpler for you and show you how to maximize what you contribute. If you have a 401k plan right now at work, as an example, or something similar to it, just gradually increase the amount that you're contributing to it because it will pay enormous dividends later. We can make um, we can do an analysis and show you what you're earning right now. Um, we can talk about whether you're in something that's volatile or not volatile. There are a lot of different avenues we can discuss in looking at where you're investing. And then when it comes to withdrawals, although we've talked about the general rules of withdrawal, that is you can take money out when you're 59 and a half, and you must take it out when you're 70 and a half. How you interact that, how you have that interplay with Social Security uh, decisions is really critical. A lot of people start Social Security at 62 and say, well, I don't have to touch my IRA until I'm 70 and a half, but I need some money, so I'll take it, my Social Security at age 62. The other thing that we do often uh, weekly is we show people on their statements what their real rate of return is because almost every single company has such a complicated financial statement um, that most people cannot read it and fully understand it. And there's been some times where you know, we're looking at it and we're saying, what in the heck are they trying to say here? It's, it's so difficult to try to comprehend and they're trying to hide things. Um, to make it look like it's you know doing better than it is. So we can show you with the real rate of return. We've had a couple of people just in the last few weeks who thought that their account was doing well and that they were earning when, in fact, we found out that they were losing money. Well, let me just come back to one particular point, and then I want to return to that, what you just said, and that is that you can't always assume that you should start Social Security first and take your IRA second. Sometimes it makes more sense to do just the opposite. Let your Social Security account build until a later age, age 66, for example, which is normal full retirement age for many people. It's creeping up to 67. But a lot of times you're going to be better off if you take your IRA distributions first and let the Social Security account accumulate. It'll be 75 by the time I'm ready to retire. Well, it might very well be, but um, I'll still be working with you. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, we're here to help, and I'm sure that everybody listening today probably has some kind of questions. Don't put it off. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. We're happy to help you. 
like to give one last reminder about the uh, really important United States Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tots program, more than a 50-year history at 352 Fonts Corner Road, Dartmouth, where our office is. We have a large box inside. Please bring in an unwrapped new toy or an unwrapped new article of clothing, and it's going to get really good use. They collect it. They, they sort them. They invite people to come in who uh, don't have the ability to provide for children. And I really stress this a lot. Gift cards can be given as well. Those would go to the older children most likely because the ones who really get left out um, you know, from families who can't provide gifts themselves are the older children, you know, the 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. And as we're coming up on the Marine Corps birthday on November 10th, um, this is my favorite quotation uh, about the Marines, Pete, from Eleanor Roosevelt, the former First Lady. The Marines I've seen around the world have the cleanest bodies, the filthiest minds, the highest morale, and the lowest morals of any group of animals I have ever seen. Thank God for the United States Marine Corps. I thought that was a wonderful quotation. That's a close second. (laughs) Anyway... um, We're happy to have you uh, join us and be with us every Sunday morning. Um, Do something for your family. Do something for yourself. Make your retirement easier, more comfortable, and um, above all, do something for the kids. Do something this holiday season that we're coming into. Uh, No matter what you have, uh, you probably have more than a lot of people who have nothing. So help us help kids by making a donation to the Marine Corps Toys for Tots. And most importantly, thank you so much for listening, Pete. Congratulations again for passing your really important securities exam. Thank you. And um, you have permission to go to bed early and get some sleep tonight. No no Red Sox games. (laughs) Unlikely. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you again on the radio.